Jesus, we just thank you for this opportunity we have this morning to gather together, to be inspired by your story, the Advent story, this season of hope and peace in each of our lives. We just ask that through today's gathering, our last Advent gathering as a community, that each of us would just be infused with your presence, your peace, your hope in a new way this morning through the message, through discussion, conversations together, through the music, taking communion, that each of us would feel closer together and closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, Merry Christmas, even though it's like a week and one day away, but last chance to say it. So Merry Christmas to all you guys. I'm excited about this morning. We're going to have just a little bit of fun, and um, hopefully, yeah, send you off with just peace, hope, something to inspire this holiday season for each and every one of you. The last three weeks for Advent, we kind of really started with this gift of hope, this stirring of hope, this anticipation of Christmas. It comes, but it doesn't seem like any of the stories in the Gospels reflect uh, this perfect faith. It seems to come hand in hand with doubt, and it's okay for doubt to be along with this. God doesn't seem to resist that. He seems to embrace it as a human tendency, and so we need to be okay with that. The second Sunday into Advent, we talked about how this journey of trying to understand what to anticipate with Jesus, we looked at different people's lives and what they were anticipating, and then what the author Luke kind of showed, God's example of that is this this divine or Jesus constantly seeking us out and then celebrating as we find more of him in our life. And it's this, this renewal and this process that goes over and over again of him seeking us that we know how much he loves us and then the celebration once we realize, okay, he loves us that much and he believes in us that much. And then last Sunday we talked about this uh, idea of looking at Mary and her pregnancy, uh, that each of us are, are pregnant with ideas and dreams and even Christmas and there's this building anticipation of more of the divine in our lives and in the world around us. Um, and today we'll kick it off with just one step further and to take it just another level. But I remember as a kid, I would, uh, at Christmas time, I had a bajillion cousins because my parents are both from seven and eight kid families who thought it was their mission to repopulate the earth. And so uh, I definitely have more than 50 cousins between the two sides. I don't know the number, but there's a lot. And uh, at Christmas time, we would do the gift exchange between the cousins. And so on both sides of the family, there would be this drawing of names. You'd get a cousin's name. You'd get their list of what they were hoping for sometimes. Otherwise, you had to be coy and guess. Uh, I, I always liked really coming up with a gift that was going to be them, though, that, that, that meant something to them that wasn't just, uh, just some token gift. And I think I still keep a little bit of that today. If anyone 30 Rock fans, I know it's an old show, but Jack Donaghy, I mean, the master gift giver, that is like someday if I could be that good, that would be just perfect. But hand signs just for you. Um, but there's something amazing about that. You, I get to give a gift to a cousin and feel fantastic about it, but mom paid for all of it. There's no cost to me whatsoever. Just, I'm just this pass-through of like, sure, mom, you'll buy them a gift up to... 20, 30, whatever it was, dollars, and I get to put my name on it and watch them open it and be like, you're welcome, it was all me, it had nothing to do with mom. Um, but it's this, this pass-through uh, is something about celebrating again. Through the years, I've got to be the pass-through person for so many different things that were 
not just Christmas gifts that someone else did, but being able to bless people or even recently um, handing Jared a check for the money that we raised for him as a community to help him out. I mean, you just get to sense, like, this isn't fair that I get to be a part of this. And I think all of us can resonate with, at some point, being able to be a part of something that you're like, I get to celebrate and be a part of this giving of something, but like, my part was so little in this. Or I feel like I'm just the conduit and someone else should be getting more blessing or more um, praise or whatever for it. And I think that, that this offering of the divine, there's, there's this invitation to participate that also comes with this expectancy of Advent that I want to end on, that I think there's something, something that will resonate with us as we leave today and head into our last week of work before Christmas and whatever is going on in our lives. But Advent celebrates that the message of Jesus, the message of God, the divine, coming to earth to understand man, to walk in our shoes, this message is good news only. There's no good news if or good news but. or good, it's, just, it's just a message of good news. A good news that we celebrate anticipating seeing more of in our life at this Christmas season. Um, but it's God coming to reconcile, to heal, to mend. It's his work that we celebrate, his good news that he invites us to participate in. And we get to anticipate more and more of this restoration of the world around us, this rejuvenation, this healing of whatever is going on around us. This is the good news, the work of divine that he invites us in. And not just invites us, but he, he tells us at one point that it's, it's better that I leave because I'm sending my Holy Spirit on the inside of each and every one of you. And it's better that I'm gone and you're infused with this spirit, this divine DNA, because greater things will we accomplish than he even accomplished. And that's, that alone, that message, that sentence, something to think about, something to anticipate more of in our life. And just like mom paying for the gifts at Christmas when I was a kid, Jesus invites us to be his hands and his feet, to be that conduit, that pass-through, his hug to someone, his glass of water, his finances if someone's in need, his listening ear, that comfort, that warm embrace. We get to be that conduit that he works through. We're invited into this in the same way. John 15, 5 tells us that, it says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me, you will bear great fruit. There's this picture of this plant that, yes, the stem is where everything is, but he says, you're connected to me. There's, my life force flows through you now. You're this conduit that passes from the spiritual realm, from divine, from love, from light, through you into someone else. If we're praying for Jesus to show up in one of our friends' lives, someone's hurting, someone is in need, a lot of times it's going to be you or the people sitting around you is going to be that conduit, is going to be the hands and feet he uses. And can we anticipate more of this and celebrate this as we're coming into this season? I want to talk really quickly about a Jewish word, tikkun alam. Um, this word is uh, made up of two parts Tikkun, to repair, or to re make straight, or to perfect. And then olam, or halam, is the world. It's this, this 
society that's healing and growing. Some would even say it's the ongoing creation because if we think of even child, like when we were kids, you fall, sometimes you get up, that's part of learning. And so this ebb and flow of society, this healing and restoration is really just the ongoing creation of the world, of society, of each and every one of us, of understanding of God's love. And so there's this Jewish thought, tikkun olam, that the rabbis use, and it's an invitation to participate in the ongoing restoration, the ongoing healing, the ongoing creation of the world, this invitation into this, that we don't just um, wait and hope that he does it all, that there's, that there's a, if it's not us, if we're not in this together, if we're not with him, that something is missing. This phrase is found 30 times in the Talmud, other times in the Midrash, and they believe and teach that it's, it's our duty to pursue peace and to establish justice and to care for those who cannot protect themselves. That this is part of feeling fulfilled, of feeling part of this divine song that's being sung, of being a part of what God's doing all around us in the world today. Matthew 5, 9, Jesus says, we're he says, blessed are the peacemakers because they will be called the children of God. We're called to be peacemakers. The person who walks into a room and doesn't stir up gossip or negativity, but to just stills whatever is going on. Maybe it's our hug. Maybe it's our love. Maybe it's kind words. Maybe it's changing the subject if it's going the wrong direction. But we're called to be peacemakers in this world. And in 2 Corinthians 5.10, he says, We are now representatives of this anointed one, the liberating king. God has given us a charge to carry through our lives, urging all people on behalf of the anointed to become reconciled to the creator God. We're invited as representatives to usher in reconciliation. This healing, this ongoing tikkun olam of the world around us. The one thing that gets so exciting about this thought, Tikkun Olam, for me, is that God has not given up on creation, on each one of us. Like He is there in it, healing, seeing things as they could be, urging us to be what we've been created to be, to be, to be more, to be light, to be loved, to be those hands and feet. He's, he's there cheering us on. He's excited. He's not saying, well... That experiment went, whatever, maybe I'll try again. There's no flood story, there's no, uh, it's, it's this ongoing participation. He's in this till the end. He's resolving things, he's renewing, he's restoring. There's so much in Christian theology today that's so frustrating. There's like this evacuation theology that it doesn't really matter what the hell happens here because we're, we're not meant for here, we're meant for somewhere else. So who cares who cares what happens? And they just give up on it. And this Tikkun Olam seems like the complete opposite. That this, this, it's about the here and now. It's about the person sitting next to you. It's about your neighbor. It's about bringing a piece of heaven to earth as it is. It's about repairing and restoring and not giving up on this place. But being his representatives, being his hands and feet. Advent being this time where we dream bigger. We stir hope inside ourselves to see more of the divine in the world around us. And that's not going to be more rigid regulations or everyone wears a tie to church. Or No, it's going to be more needs being met. It's going to be more justice being done. It's going to be more peace being felt everywhere. It's going to be more love and acceptance and people realizing what God has for them. The Bible's this fantastic library book 
that this library of books that, that doesn't shy away from healing or restoration or reconciliation of this world, of our home, of the place we live right now, the only home we've ever known. It's not a, ah, it's broken, just wait till later. It's a, no, let's get our hands dirty, let's get in the mud, let's heal, let's mend, let's love, let's take care of this place. This poem of the Bible starts with this garden and he gives us this charge to, to take care of this garden and to expand it, let this beauty grow, let these plants continue from this place. And it's no different from us. It's, it's expanding this idea of garden and being the branches of this vine that just sends love and is the conduit to something else around us. I want to read from Romans 8 today because uh, for, it's such an amazing passage. You need to just go home and read it again this week. But I'm going to grab through some things because I think it's important today to just sit and listen to this. In Romans 8, 5, he starts saying, If your life is animated by the flesh, then your mind is focused on the matters of the flesh. You see this, this flesh or this selfishness, this life all about you, all through Paul's letters. He says, But if your life is animated by the Spirit, namely God's indwelling presence, then your focus is on the work of the Spirit. And he says, A mind focused on the Spirit will find full life and complete peace. There's something about following the Holy Spirit of living this life, of being a conduit to God's love, that there's a fullness and a peace that comes with this. Listen to this in verse 18. He goes on to say, Now I'm sure of this. Uh, the sufferings that we may be now enduring are not even worth comparing to the glory that is coming that will be revealed inside of us. Something about the divine is, is meant to be revealed in and through each and every one of us. Not just as a whole. There is a collective element, but... But the divine is waiting and is excited for himself to be revealed in Hogan or Nikki or John. Like there's something coming out of us that's revealing more of himself. In verse 19 it says, All of creation is waiting, is yearning for the time when the children of God will be revealed. He has placed within it a deep and abiding hope. Does this not sound like Advent verses here? That creation would one day be liberated from its slavery and corruption and experience the freedom of the children of God. For we know that all creation groans in unison, birthing pains up until now. It's kind of that tie back to last week. There's this, there's this idea that all of creation is pregnant with, that something of the divine is going to be revealed through us. When we finally get our minds off of just selfish pursuits and we start seeing each other and we start seeing this thing as a whole and seeing ourselves participating in the ongoing restoration of the world, these birthing pains, something comes alive and these verses are talking about it happening now in us. Something different is happening. Verse 24 says, For we've been saved in this hope for this future, but hope does not involve what we already have or see. For no one goes around hoping what they already have, but if we wait expectantly for the things we've never seen, then we hope with true perseverance and eager anticipation. This is the Advent season, hoping for even more. I don't know of how much love or unity or light or image of Jesus I've seen in the world yet, but that's nothing. I'm to press for more, for things I haven't seen yet. I want to build anticipation for seeing more of the divine, not just in my community, in the world around us, in our country that desperately needs us, but even in my own life, he hasn't given up on me. He says, Luke, believe to see more of me this next year. Let Advent be that season that you stir up hope to be like, man, I'm going to be 
more positive, more uplifting, more just the hands and feet of Jesus next year. It's going to feel great. It's not going to be taxing. It's going to be like, shit, look what I got to do. Like, dang it, let me stir up some Jesus. It's going to flow naturally. I got to be that conduit. It's like giving the Christmas present to my cousin that I didn't pay for. I want to see more of that kind of stuff. In verse 28, he says, We're confident that God is able to orchestrate everything to work towards something good and beautiful when we love him and we accept his invitation to live according to his plan. It's this accepting this invitation, this gift, this idea of being his conduit. This from distant past, his eternal love has reached into the future. You see, he knows those who he would who would be his one day... Okay, i got to read this again. Hold on. Come on. The Bible is just so clear and easy. They couldn't have. From distant past, his eternal love reached into the future. You see, he knew those who would be his one day. And he chose them beforehand to be conformed to the image of his Son. And as for those he chose beforehand, he's called them to a different destiny so that they would experience what it means to be made right with God and to share in his glory. We're made in the image of his son Jesus, and that image doesn't mean a guy walking around with a toga and a beard. It doesn't even, I don't even think it means this. The image of God is this essence that makes up the spirit of Jesus, this not being ashamed of eating with people that society deemed unworthy or unjustified or dirty or whatever. He just loved And he gave. And if he encountered these moments where people would resist or hate him, it says he spilled more love. He even poured it on stronger. This is the DNA that we've been made in the image of. Our spirit deep inside of us. The true Jared. This is what he's made of. This is his core. This is the image that he's been modeled after. Every Monday... It's kind of our Sabbath day for our family when we just take it easy. And we, we start the morning at the ideal diner, at this little greasy spoon uh, place. The three of us, we play the New York Times mini crossword puzzle and see who does it the fastest. It sets us up for this day of relaxation. It's amazing. But the ideal diner is this fantastic little diner that is now second generation. This lady, Kim, is the owner and runs it. And she is beautiful and fantastic, and her heart is into this. And if you're lucky on the day, Donna, her mom, who owned it before her, will be sitting on the last stool. Uh, what's the right word to use here? Critiquing what things could be better, uh, loving this. But she passed it on. They didn't just sell it. They didn't just whatever. It's this, it's this beautiful place that was passed on from one generation to the next. And she handed it off. And it's like, you got this. Like, take it, run, make it something beautiful. And she did, and it's amazing. I, I don't know what my week would be without this little diner. And it wouldn't be the same without Kim, and it wouldn't be the same without her mom who trusted her with something and said, you run with this. And how is that different from us in this participation that we're talking about here? This idea that parents are leaving something for their children and, and Jesus showing us an idea that God is like a loving parent. And he's passing us this opportunity to be his hands and feet, to be his image on the earth today. The culmination of Advent is this invitation to participate in his occupation, in the ongoing restoration of the world. It's this like, jump in, this, you got this, I'll give it all to you, it's better that it's in your hands now.
we prop Jesus up on this, this pedestal and we should follow his example, but he's saying, yeah, you, you put me on this pedestal and you look at my life and we inspire our weekend gatherings, but he says, this is nothing compared to what you can do. If you just trusted, if you just believed, if you just anticipated more of me in your life, you would see things that would just blow away these stories. Jesus didn't talk about a God who wanted to burn this place down, who wanted to take us somewhere else. He talked about renewing this place and participating in renewing this place, of not giving up on it, not giving up on anyone, no matter what they look like or whatever someone else said about them. He's like, no, don't. Don't look at people the way the world looks at them. See them all as brothers and sisters, as my children, as important, as precious. And so we're invited in to something bigger. And in Advent, then, we anticipate more of this. We stir hope on the inside of ourselves to see ourselves being used more and even society changing. Do you know that the word apocalypse, the breakdown of this word means uncovering or unveiling or disclosing something that was hidden. And so a true apocalypse is being revealed what the world actually is and who we actually are. Not this completely destroying everything. It's a revelation of what is actually around us. Was Jesus not bringing that with him every step because people anticipated one thing and he just revealed it's about more than what you're anticipating. It's more, it's bigger, it's more than this. And so every time we anticipate more of him, we're taking part in bringing more of that peace of heaven, bringing more of the future into existence right now. And so each of us this holiday season, we're invited into to be this hands and feet. We're invited into the restoration of the world around us. We're invited to participate and to anticipate together during this season. I really think the best form of quote-unquote evangelism or letting people see this trueness, reveal who God is, is us loving people, us being his hands and feet, us being that conduit, being that gift being passed through us to someone else. I'm going to finish with this verse and then we'll go into discussion. Whoops, I thought I put it on here, I guess not. It's the same passage, Romans 8, in verse 38. He says, I have every confidence that nothing, not death, nor life, or heavenly messengers, or dark spirits, or the present, or the future, or spiritual powers, or height, or depth, nor anything created can come between us and the love of God that's revealed in the anointed Jesus, our Lord. And so to put a cherry on top, this cake, this celebration, this advent is... Is God saying, this dream, this hope, this anticipation, no matter how big you stir it up on the inside of you, nothing can come between you and God making that happen. As we've looked the last few weeks, he doesn't promise it's going to be a straight, a perfectly straight road, that there's not going to be bumps at days, it's not going to feel hard or you're going to feel ill-equipped, but he says that nothing is going to stop us if we trust in him and trust in his love and go with this together. Jesus, we just ask that as we dialogue today, as we sing songs, as we go into discussion, that each of us find ourselves wrestling with more of this truth that we are the kingdom of heaven. And as we realize that, as we, as we trust that, as we're the conduits of your love and your grace and your peace and your light, that we would experience a sense of your kingdom, but also our neighborhoods, our families, our workplaces would experience your way of doing things, would experience a peace that passes understanding, experience 
your kingdom, your kingdom of love and light. We just thank you for that right now. We ask that you build that anticipation in us this week, that we celebrate, that we relax, that we eat good, that it carries us into next year. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.